Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello and welcome to another great episode of Stand Out, the podcast all about growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. As we know, there are many amazing niches within the professional organizing and productivity world. And whether you work with families or professionals, or perhaps it's something you're still figuring out, which is totally okay. Helping our clients with time management is usually part of the scope of work in one way or another. And to be truthful, I'm always looking for ways to be more disciplined and streamlined with my time as a business owner. Today's guest makes handling time management issues and concerns her primary focus in her business. Amy Tokos is the owner of Freshly Organized, where her mission is to help others make their lives more streamlined and organized. Amy's background is in engineering. Her work focused on making manufacturing processes simpler and more efficient, also known as lean manufacturing. Her lean thinking maximizes time and space. Because of this background and her passion for time management, Amy helps her clients be more strategic instead of reactive. She believes in time blocking, which is something I discovered last year and I'm obsessed with and we'll talk about later on. She supports her clients in learning how to say no She's a fan of focus, not multitasking, and knows that we all need to schedule maintenance time. Amy is featured each month in Mamaha Magazine, co-authored the book Outrageously Organized, and has been featured in Good Housekeeping Magazine, Rachel Ray Online Magazine, the Omaha World Herald, and HGTV Remodels. Amy serves on the board for the National Association of Professional Organizers, is a member of the Heartland Organizers, is a founding member and past president of the NAPO Virtual Chapter and past chair of the NAPO Marketing Committee, NAPO Golden Circle Committee, and NAPO Cares. And Amy's business, Freshly Organized, is celebrating its 10th birthday this year. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. I need to keep you standing next to me all the time. Listen, that's all what a you. Nice, that was a good introduction. Yeah, it's crazy. That's all you. You've been working hard these past 10 plus years, I'm sure. So we're excited to hear yes. all about it. So that's what yes. I want to do. I want you to take us back to the beginning because your background in engineering is really interesting. So before we even like talk about how you got started in the organizing industry, I want to talk about this engineering situation. How did you get into that career, <laughs> and what exactly is lean manufacturing? I know it, it streamlines, but I want to know more details. <laughs> okay, that's funny that you called it uh, interesting engineer. I can't remember what you said. It was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, engineering is um, kind of a, I learned a lot from engineering. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to go work at Quaker Oats and General Motors. Those are my two experiences as an engineer in the workforce. And at Quaker Oats, they were just starting an initiative. Lean manufacturing was just coming into the being. And um, it was really interesting to get to tie that all together um, through logistics, quality, streamlining processes. It was a big picture look at manufacturing. And it was really fun to get to go through that experience. Then I went to General Motors and they had already been doing that for a long time to the point where the people working on the line had their job um, described by the second. So, you know, it takes five seconds to do this. It takes five seconds to walk over here. It takes 10 seconds to do this step. And that was really interesting to me too, because then I got to see um, down to the seconds what it takes to get a car through the whole process. And it was pretty interesting. So that's my engineering background, aside from my degree. 
and um, it was it was very it was very educational and fun and interesting. So you mentioned degree. What did you go to school for? Engineering. It was actually engineering management. So along okay. with the the three years of engineering, core engineering, I had to do. Uh, business classes like business law, marketing, accounting. So it tied in the business with the engineering. Got you. And how long did you do this for before you started your business? So I worked for about five years as an engineer. Then I stayed home for a while with my kids. And then I kind of got to the point where I wanted to go back to work. I was like, my kids were, you know, we were done having kids. My youngest was two. And I was like, okay, he's good. We're going to let's get out. I'm ready to get back to work. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be a process to um, figure out exactly what we, what I wanted to do, because we had established a really wonderful lifestyle where time was very valuable to us. And being together as a family, you know, my husband works out of the house. So At lunchtime, we would be sitting on the deck with the kids playing on the swing set, having lunch together. And, and so we had this really great lifestyle and we weren't quite ready to give it up, but I knew I wanted to go back to work. So those two things, um, created this choice of, okay, let's start looking, see what I can find. And I started looking and I realized how much time I worked when I worked for these other companies. I was, my last job at General Motors, I was leaving the house at 5.15 in the morning and I was getting home around 6 p.m. at night just because that's what was needed of me to do what I was doing. And, um, and they, you know, they compensated me very well for that. I will say that. And I appreciated that. But, um, you know, what was more important was the time and we didn't want to lose that time. So then it came the point of, okay, so what am I going to do with myself? (laughs) I'm not going to, if I'm not going to travel and be working these long hours, then what can I do? What do I, how do I go about supporting myself and fulfilling that need to still be working? And so that's when I I I was doing a little research on how to find your passion. I actually read an article about your passion and it was interesting because it said um, you need to incorporate your passion either in your hobbies, your volunteer work or your job so that you feel fulfilled. So discovering what your passion is and getting it into one of those places. And I had the unique opportunity to be able to uh, put that into my job. That's so exciting. And so it sounds like to me, time has always been your most, it's all of our most valuable resources, but you knew it was yours far before you were helping clients with it or helping General Motors or any of these big companies. Yes. This has always been something very sacred to you. Yes. Time is very sacred. One, I'll have to tell you a funny story. Yeah. When we lived, you know, we, the kids were younger and I knew I was going to want to go back to work. And we lived about five miles from the school and our school did not have any transportation. So we had to take our kids and pick them up and we have four children. So I was like, oh, the logistics of getting four kids a ride from someone else. I mean, my kids alone fill a car, so I can't ask somebody else to give them a ride right. all the time. You know, it's like carpooling is maybe one, well, anyway, it was just difficult to figure out the logistics and a house went up for sale next door to the school. And so in this process, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. This house is up for school for sale next door to the school. And this is an opportunity for my kids to be walking to school instead of me spending that, you know, hour and 15 minutes time driving them back and forth because you had to drive there. You had to sit in the parking lot, wait, you had to get out. You know, it was just this whole process. So we moved. (laughs) My husband was like, you are crazy. And I was like, no, this is a very strategic decision. If my kids can walk to school, that saves me so much time. And it frees me up to do the things that I really want to be doing. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like you just <laughs> yourself for, I mean, I need you in my life all the time because <laughs> things like that all the time, or even if you, you're like, Oh, that's too big of a, of a thing to do to save, not just to save some time, but you're right. Like, Oh, it that. was huge. It was a huge time saver to the point where right after we moved, when it was time for pickup, that that 40, it was pretty much 45 minutes to go pick up that 45 minutes. I was stark crazy the first week or two. Cause I'm like, well, what do I do with this time? I now have this time. So it was pretty crazy. It was awesome. Well, and you're like, I'm going to start a business. So that's what you did. Correct. Right. It is. Yes. So your business is celebrating its 10th year, which is very exciting. How has your business evolved over those 10 years? What were you doing? What services were you providing at the beginning? And then what are you, I know what you're doing now, but take us through that journey. Yeah, sure. So my business has evolved quite a bit. I started out, I identified my passion as helping people streamline their lives. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, saving them time, getting rid of all that unnecessary stuff, the unnecessary commitments, you know, and just really leaning people's lives. And that's how I started. And I started residential because that's what I was connected with when I, because we had moved to another town and um, not that first move, that was another move. (laughs) But after I had stopped working professionally, we had moved to Omaha. And um, that that's what I knew. I knew the people who were at home. So I was like, I'm just going to start doing this for my friends and I'm going to start this business of what I know. And so that's where I started. Well, what happened though was through the years, I was working with executives in their homes and I was working with um, people who had work lives and they're like, "I, I want you to come to my work life. And I was like, okay, I can come to your work life. So that progressed into businesses identifying me as a resource because I would go and help my client who I'd helped in their home. And then the business was like, we want you to help other people. And so that's how my business grew into this. um, It's kind of a mix. I have I still do homes, but I don't do homes as much. More my employees do the home stuff. I do a lot of their training and mm-hmm. I get them where I want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I spend a lot of my time running my business and doing the more productivity work stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Wow. And it's so important for our listeners to hear that, that there is an evolution in our businesses. Um, we've had guests in the show who've been in the business for 17 years, your 10 years. And there's those out there that are just starting. And so many of us are freaking out about what to specialize in or what our niches are. And it's kind of like, it Mm -hmm. finds you, doesn't it? It does find you and you'll, it finds you from what you're good at. And I will tell you when I do speaking events for mops groups and stuff like that, I love it. I love that energy. I love working with people in their homes. And that is very fun and very natural and exciting to me. Um, The productivity piece is also the same thing. It's just a different type of that. So I like both of them. My time is just, um, I don't have time for both of them anymore. And I found some people who are really good at the residential side, but If it were still just me, I would be doing both and I would be um, doing, I love it all. I really do. So let's talk about this productivity niche in general. So if people out there listening are like, yeah, organizing with my hands is great. Like putting things in Mm -hmm. place and creating space. Love that. But this time management thing seems really interesting but they maybe don't think about, you know, moving our household to save, you know, a few hours in the morning. Like, is this <laughs> right. a learned, is this a learned practice that someone can educate themselves on and then provide that service to people and add that to their business? Yes. Yes. And I think most people in the organizing industry are doing productivity. They just, um, they're just not calling it that if they're in a residence, but they're doing, you know, when they are 
putting things at point of use to save people time from walking all over the house, Mm -hmm. that's productivity because you're saving people time. You're trying to simplify it so it's easier and quicker for them to do things. Um, So productivity, you know, people think it's just this great big workforce thing, but it's really happening in our personal lives and our home lives and everything. We want to I don't know if you do workouts, but that seven minute workout, that's all about doing the quickest, best workout in the shortest amount of time and getting great results. That's productivity. Right, right. (laughs) Where can someone go to learn these skills if they feel like they could improve upon their time management knowledge, all the different tips and tricks and strategies that you've learned over the years? Where could someone go to, to do that? That's a good question. Uh, You know, there's all sorts of resources. You can go to books. The library is a great resource just for learning things. You know, I am a big class taker. I love to take classes and listen to podcasts like this. (laughs) And I'm a huge podcast person. And uh, so there's some time management podcasts out there, productivity podcasts. Uh, there's conference. I'm, I'm counting on my fingers as I look. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. There's, there's conference, NAPO conference. I go there every year and there's one or two classes on time management that I love. And I, I consider myself an expert at time management, but when I go to those classes, I can pull out one or two things that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Oh, I can use this with so-and-so. This would work great for them. Uh, Like this year I did this multitasking by Debbie Rosemont. Multitasking makes you stupid at conference. Uh And um, the the session was multitasking makes you stupid. And it was at conference. Right. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. I'm like, that came out. Context there, right. No, I (laughs) guess. But Debbie Rosemont presented it and she had some exercises in it that were light bulb moments for me. I was like, oh, I've never done exercises like this with my clients. This is wonderful to teach them what multitasking actually does and how much time it takes. So things like that. Um, There's lots of resources for time management. And I know the answer to this question, but I want to pose it so that listeners can understand, especially if they're new. There's a need for productivity in both the residential and the professional world. Do you, do you find that people are seeking you out saying, I need this, I need productivity and time management help? Or do you think people are discovering it while they're tidying up their spaces or getting their, their physical items organized, then they realize like, oh, there's more to this. I could save more yes. time. Yes. I think the second is more of what it is. People... Uh, are not identifying that they need time management help. Not everybody. Some people know it. Some people don't. I would say in the residential realm, it's a lot of, um, I need help with my spaces and my stuff. And then you go in there and you're talking calendar. You're talking time management as in, um, you're talking delegating. You know, how are we delegating tasks? We're talking communication. How are we communicating through the week with everybody living in the home so that everybody's on the same page? I just had a discussion, a mom that I work with, and actually her workplace, she asked me, she's like, so what's the biggest issue you see in homes and how do you help people? And at first I said paper is because a lot of paper comes in when you have kids and I know she has children. And then I also went to communication because communication um, and family meetings. I love for families to hold family meetings because that requires them to communicate. It requires to ask the question of, you know, what's going on this week? Who has projects this week? Do you need any supplies this week? So this is being strategic and planning the week out. Is anybody traveling this week, you know, if, for the adults in the house? Um, or does anybody have requests for dinners? Do we want to meal plan? You know, if, if somebody's craving something and asking for something, um, I'm getting groceries on Tuesday evening. If anybody would like to add something to the list, that's when I'm doing it. So it's a very strategic time 
of planning the week out, but it's all about communication and getting everybody on the same page. And, you know, if you're having something going on on the next weekend, letting everybody know, we have somebody coming to town on Friday. So just so you know, this was where they'll be sleeping. Make sure your room's clean. So it's that kind of communication. And that saves you a lot of time through the week because now your children have said, oh, I have a project due Thursday. I need a poster board. Oh, hey, I'm going to the grocery store on Tuesday night. I'll grab one. Right. So it's, it gets everybody thinking forward instead of just being in the moment. Right. And that's, I, I, I go back to my notes here, but that's what you said about, oh, not being reactive. You're being strategic. Right. We're trying yeah. to be very strategic. And so that applies very much in the home life and also in the workplace. So, and I talked to you before we started the show, but I do want this to be twofold. I want to talk about being a time management specialist as an organizer, but I also want in the second half of the show for us to talk about time management for us business owners, because just like I've said, coaches need coaches and, you know, sometimes yes. organizers need organizers. I think talking about time management for business owners is really important. But before we go there, I want to ask you about marketing within your business. Let's say a, an organizer or a productivity specialist says, yes, this is it. Time management. I love what she just said. I'm, I can connect to that. I want to do more of that. But you said previously, a lot of the times this is a discovered uh, need from families and professionals. They don't know that they can get this from someone. So from a marketing standpoint, if someone wants to do more of this work, how can a professional go about letting the world know that they offer time management services and this is what it can afford you if you work with me? What, what was, what's worked for you in the past? You know, that's a really good question. Most of my marketing over the last 10 years has been word of mouth. Um, I've made sure that I, I read a marketing book at the very beginning of my business and one of the tips that came, I'm a learner, so I like to read a lot, Yes. <laughs> but one of the tips it gave was to connect with 20 people who are influence influencers and connect with them and have conversations with them all the time about your business. And so I, you know, I wasn't able to come up with 20 people, but I found five people and those five people I've gone over and I've helped them at their house. I've talked through stuff. I'm like, what's going on? How's things going? Just friends who I know are influencers in the community mm -hmm. and had really good conversations and they spread the word for me. They know that, you know, Amy has helped me and I give them some of the words, you know, we streamline this. And look at how much time you have now. And so I'm using the words with my clients and with these influencers so that they're identifying it for what it is. And then they're sharing that with other people. So that's, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the powering the people who know you and know your passion and your skills and using them to uh, market your business. That is such a clear and specific tip. I love it. Is it? So many, <laughs> it is because there's so many things you could have said that, yes, they can get results, but I, you're right. It's number one, it's who we surround ourselves with on the daily that really lifts us up and lifts our businesses up. And if those five right. people are influencers in your community, just think about those degrees of separation from everyone else in that community who you could then be involved with. And right. I'm sure influencers are involved with other movers and shakers too. And those are the people you want to work with. So yes, yes, that's a great yeah. tip. Okay. We yeah. are going to take a quick break to hear a message from NAPO, but when we come back, we're going to, uh, we're going to switch gears here in the show and talk about time management for us business owners. So we will be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals invites you to become a certified professional organizer. CPOs have proven industry proficiency by demonstrating they possess the body of knowledge and experience essential to professional organizing and productivity consulting. The CPO credential identifies professional organizers who've documented a specific number of paid hours that include transferring organizing skills to a client and have also passed the Board of Certification for Professional Organizers Examination. The credential provides the organizing and productivity industry a way to elevate 
its professional standards. Visit napo.net to learn more. Okay, we're back. And I have Amy Tokos of Freshly Organized talking about all things time management for increased productivity. In the first portion of our show, we really talked about time management as a tool for us organizers and productivity specialists. Maybe it's something you want to add to your tool belt or your list of services that you provide your clients. But now I want to talk about time management for us as business owners or soon to be business owners, because I know a lot of listeners out there are thinking about going into business for themselves. So Amy, let's talk about this. I need to come clean. I can preach time management. I know about time blocking, which I'd love for you to talk about (laughs) because it's powerful, but you know, I don't work a nine to five. I am my own boss. So sometimes it's like shiny things happen. Um, you know, email pops up or my husband needs help on a project down the street or whatever it is, I let my time blocking go and then my whole day is shut. So can you talk about time blocking? Because I think it's a really interesting uh, strategy and you listed it on your website. So I think it's important to you as well. So can you share it with our listeners? Yes. Time blocking. I love as an entrepreneur Because what happens is we have lots of interruptions. We have lots of shiny objects. We have (laughs) things that happen all the time that are exciting and important. And so um, as a result, running our business sometimes doesn't happen. So I uh, time blocking for me and how I try to encourage my clients to do it is creating blocks of time in the week that are specific for certain things. So I'm going to give you an example of someone in the workplace who I did this with, and then I'll tell you how I did mine. So I I worked with a CPO executive and so he's an accountant or not CPO, a CPA. I'm sorry. Uh, So he's an accountant and he does um, marketing for his firm. He has a, you know, that's part of his responsibility. And then at the time he was working on an employee project uh, so his week was going between these three things all the time. He would get emails all the time about these things. He would uh, bounce back and forth. So he was having a hard time being focused on anything because, you know, things were bouncing around. So this kind of ties into my communication talk earlier, but we worked or I worked with him on creating time blocks. So he, you know, had... I'm, I can't remember exactly what his days were, but we said marketing Monday. So marketing is Monday afternoon from one to four. Okay. That's your marketing time. That's your focus time. We're going to communicate that to everybody on your marketing team, everybody in your whole team so that they know if they're sending you marketing stuff, if it's not urgent, it's getting tabled until Monday afternoon, Monday afternoon, your doors open for marketing. People can come and come brainstorm with you. They can expect answers to the emails. They know that that is your focus time. So part of that was he brought in his marketing team at the beginning of that time. So at one o'clock every Monday, they had a marketing meeting with his team. And then they talked through things. They addressed everything. Then they were working on projects that whole afternoon. So that was Monday marketing. Then we did the same thing for his accounting responsibilities. You know, we're like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll do accounting. And then Friday can be your project day. Or or it it doesn't have to be that um, loose. It doesn't have to be that tight either. You can do it however you want. So I've kind of done the same thing with my business. My Monday mornings, I've blocked off and I call it Money Monday. Because that's my time to do all of my marketing. It's my time to do all my invoicing. It's time to get caught up with um, clients, touch base, reach out to past clients, new clients, whatever it is. My Monday is very specific, set aside for money, making money, okay, running my business. Now, I do that stuff the rest of the week, but... I try to table as much as I can for that day. Does that make sense? It does. Like, I, it doesn't mean that I never call my clients during the week. I do. <laughs> but on Monday, it's a concentrated effort to reach out more, do more, and engage people more. 
Okay. Then Friday's my fun day. So fun. I know that sounds, are you working on your fun day? And I actually, <laughs> Friday's my volunteer day. So I know that if I have volunteer calls, I try to, I try to schedule for Friday if I can. Um, I try to connect with friends on Friday and do lunch with a friend on Friday. It's things like that, that I'm, so my clients are scheduled mostly Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if possible. That's kind of where it is. You know, I make exceptions to this all the time. I might have a Friday afternoon client. I might have, um, like today I have a networking event at three 30 in the afternoon and it's a Tuesday. Right. But I'm doing it because that's when the time was. But I will say it's also a fun thing because we're golfing. So it's kind of, <laughs> but, but so there's exceptions to this, but trying to be concentrated. So as an entrepreneur, how this helps is a lot of times when people are starting their own business, there's no accountability. There's nobody right. saying, yes. <laughs> you got to get this done. And you have a lot of time. When you start your business, you tend to um, have tomorrow available. You have the next day available. You don't have clients banging on your door right when you say, I'm a professional organizer. So you can say, oh, I've got tomorrow to do that. I can do that tomorrow. So we can yep. procrastinate. So oh, yeah. time blocking helps you not procrastinate that stuff. And I assume that when you switch, when you multitask, you're wasting a lot of time refocusing, you know, okay, what was I saying in this email or, right. okay. Right. So I do that yeah. all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are not alone. You're not alone. Um, Debbie Rosemont's class, which I, if anybody's got the NAPO conference recordings, listen to it. Uh, had some great statistics in it about multitasking and um, she did some exercises that like, she had us write our numbers and write our alphabet and then switch them back and forth. So you switch between a number and a letter and wrote mm -hmm. it out like one through 26 and A, B, C, D. But you timed yourself on how long it took you to write them one through 26 and A through Z. Uh -huh. And then you did the exercise where you switched it back and forth and how long, much time it took you. It, because your brain was switching back and forth between numbers and letters, it took a lot more time to do the same task. And that is the time you're losing by that refocusing time. And so then how often, I know you mentioned that you believe in learning how to say no. So how often do you protect your time blocking where if someone wants to have a phone call with you right in the middle of your money Monday and doesn't involve you making money, Sometimes, I guess everything in our business somehow goes around to making us money. Right. You know what I'm saying? How often do no, you say, yeah. no, actually, I have time for this on Thursday because I don't know about everyone else listening, but I am such a people pleaser. I want to make others happy and I, I like to accommodate their time. Then my schedule gets all out of whack and I'm left, you know, either not getting done what I plan to get done or I'm up until, you know, 11 p.m. still work on the computer. So how often do you say right. no and how do you make that decision? Yeah, that's a good question. You just, it's a lot about boundaries and knowing your boundaries. And so you can say yes occasionally, but offering up other times is a completely acceptable thing. And just, you don't have to tell people, like I never tell my clients that, oh, it's money Monday. I can't work today. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just tell them I already have something scheduled that day because so that it's blocked off and it's just, I just tell people I already have something scheduled that day and can we do another time? Is there another day in the week that works? So, um, people do it all the time. Right. People really, they, they, you're asked to reschedule all the time. I'm sure, you know, other oh. people will contact oh. you. Exactly. And so we have to make it okay for us to, to present acceptable, acceptable times. Now, if somebody, you know, is only off on Monday, so I, you know, if a client calls me and they're like, I am only off on Mondays. Can you do Mondays? Then it's like, you know what? Yes, I'm going to work with you on this because if you're only available on Mondays, then I will do that. Right. Do you time block but, your personal time as well? Um, 
You know, I used to a lot. I don't as much now. My children are older now and really independent. So my time has all of a sudden come become available, <laughs> which is really nice. But I did. When my kids were younger, it was very important for me to um, time block. So everybody knew I was getting groceries a certain day. And I was gone that evening running errands. Everybody knew, um, you know, Saturday morning, I did a long walk with my friends. So it was like, I was gone for a few hours because my husband and everybody had to be on board with this whole strategy. Now it's a little bit more loosey goosey because all my kids are driving and they don't care if I'm gone for the evening. <laughs> They're probably I hoping do. for it a little bit. I know, exactly. Yay, I'm well, <laughs> gone. No, but I do block dinner time. So with my business, I try to be done with my appointments by 4 p.m. Because I want to be available when my kids are done with school. That's kind of a, you know, a 4 to 6 p.m. block is mm -hmm. every day. As much as possible, I like to be home. Because I like to be home to talk with the kids, catch up with them, and then you know, make dinner. And then after that, they all go off their direction. So I go off on mine. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So in your work with professionals... What do you find is the number one challenge business owners have and what is your solution for that challenge? Oh, goodness. What a good question. Let me look at all my list. <laughs> I'm sure you have a number of issues that we all go <laughs> um, You know, I think for business owners, what you mentioned earlier, learning to say no. Um, is very is that's probably the biggest challenge. We are so desperate when we first start out and so excited that we say yes to everything. If somebody calls us and they have a job for us, it's 45 minutes away and you know, can you come do this for, I just need two hours of help. We'll say, yes, I can do that. And then we don't charge for a driving time. And so it takes up a huge piece of time. So we say yes to things that aren't, um, aren't a real good return on investment. And the investment is your time. And Knowing boundaries, setting boundaries and saying no to things and saying yes to the things that really align with your mission and your time and, and your return. Like how much are you getting paid for this? Because that's part of running a business. You can't um, work for free. You've got to have a good return on what your time and your time is worth a lot. So just know that and say no to the things that don't align with that. Right. I think you mentioned before how when you were looking for your passion, you said you can volunteer, you can, and you can have it be part of your career. I think you said, or it can be a hobby. And I think yes. we have to remember just because we enjoy productivity and being organized and helping people get organized. If this is your hobby or a volunteer effort, then great. But if it is not, we have to charge for our time and we have to make money. We have to be profitable. Right. right. You, uh, we spend a lot of time on our business, thinking it through, building our websites, all of that stuff, getting insurance. Like we spend a lot of time and money creating the core of our business. Right. And we need to make sure we're paying for that and being rewarded for that. Plus our skills. We have oh. every, yeah. If you're doing this and your people are rescheduling with you, then you obviously have a skill set that people like and that you're helping people. So by all means, charge for it. Would you agree that, that finding that special sauce of when to say no, what, what, what that return on investment is requires you to figure out how much you want to make divided by how much time you want to spend a week working on your business. And that's how you can kind of find out. Cause sometimes for me, it's like, how do I know what's going to lead to that next big thing in my business? So I tend to be a yes 
lady. <laughs> I say yes a lot because yeah. I never, I, my excuse is, well, you never know, but there are people out there who somehow know that this return on investment isn't going to be what I need it to be. So how do we figure that out? Uh, you know, that's the magic question. <laughs> if yeah. we all knew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure even those fancy business owners who are really rocking it make mistakes or, or right. do things that maybe the ROI isn't there, but they do it less than me, I'm sure. <laughs> well, there's, um, it's hard to know where the big yes is going to be or, you know, where you say yes to something and you're going to have this huge return on investment. It could have been something really little, but protecting your um, current time and space commitments is where you can learn to say no. So knowing what your boundaries are can be, um, help you with that. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good example. I keep thinking of you being this podcast co host though. And that's a huge time commitment, but you, <laughs> and you've done wonderful with the time commitment. I will say that. I don't know what the rest of your life looks like. <laughs> you don't need to know that part. No I don't. That's a big old secret. <laughs> but that's a huge time commitment that you chose to make. Yes. Because you identified as a return on investment, um, which is great, but this is a volunteer position. So you, you've hopefully, here's what I would say is that you didn't sacrifice some of your core priorities to do this. And I would say if you're sacrificing your core priorities to do things, then the answer needs to be no. And I talk to people when I talk about time management, I talk a lot about priorities. And if we just talked about what are your priorities and general population, when I present on this, you know, a lot of people, their health is a priority, their faith is a priority, their family and relationships are a priority, then they might say their job. So there's four right there. So a lot of times our job is what covers up all this other stuff, our schedule. We, we prioritize our schedule instead of scheduling our priorities. And ah. that's a, that's a Covey comment. So, or a quote, he, he said that. So, um, but we prioritize our schedule and that's work. That's our kids activities. People who have children are running all over every evening. So they're not exercising. They're not taking care of their health. They're not meal planning because who has time to meal plan, right? They're not um, taking time with their faith. They're not um, creating relationships that are important and fostering the relationships they have because they're working or they're running around doing their kids' activities. So that return on investment has to match up with these priorities or your priorities. So it sounds like we got to get these priorities written down, figured out. Does that help? I know. It does. <laughs> it does. I, know. I, kind I agree of a, with you. Yeah. I, I think those are a lot of everyone's priorities and we, why do we let them go so easily? You know, why do we, we cancel those, you know, our workouts or say, I'll do it next week or what have you. But then again, we come back and say, no, 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 that's a priority. But is it because it's not, it's not resident. Right. Right. And, and I would say if those are priorities, that's part of your time blocking, you know, let's time block health time. Let's time block meal planning time. Let's time block exercise time. If relationships are important to you, your family, like I have that 4 to 6 p.m. is kind of my, I, I really want to be home. I don't want to be on the computer. I don't want to be on phone calls. I want to be able to be available for my family from 4 to 6. That's important to me. So that's relationships. But what about my friends? Like where am I time blocking my friends? Are they falling to the wayside or am I making sure I have time to reach out to them and focus on that? So it's kind of, and then getting it onto your schedule. 
So my Friday fun day includes my friends because I try to go out to lunch with a friend. I try to do something fun to reconnect with friends. Right. I see. And please comment on this, but I'm just going to share a thought is that yeah. I feel like being a business owner, your work, there's really no like, okay, I'm done with everything I have to do for my business. There's nothing for me to do. I can just, you know, be, that's never going to happen. There's always something we can do. So I think it's really important, right? For us to recognize that so we can shut the computer off because no matter what you do, no matter how late you work, no matter how little you sleep, there's always going to be something. So it's figuring right. out when to stop and then go live your life. Yes. I had a bit of a light bulb moment when my kids were little and I was starting this business and I was excited. I was researching. I was online all the time. I was building yes. my website. I was trying to do social media all the time. Like I was so fired up and I was on the computer every evening sitting there and you know, my kids are playing around me, talking to me, coming up to me. And my son one time came up to me. He's like, mom, 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 mom. And he kept saying it. And I, I was like, okay, I need to put the computer away in the evening. I have to set it down because I could do this forever. And this is not a memory I want my children to have. I don't want my kids to remember me sitting on the couch on my phone or computer all the time. And I'm like, it's just got to go away. And yes. then I'm really fully available. Uh, yeah, that's really powerful. Cause if we kind of take ourselves out of that, I don't want to call it a zombie trance cause we're definitely involved in what we're doing, but we just, we don't look at it from all those angles and what we really want right. to remember our life being like, do you right. want to be this, like workhorse or do you want to be this awesome mom or business owner, or community, you know, uh, volunteer, whatever that is for you. Right. That right. Right. How do you want to be remembered? You're not going to be remembered for your great website. No, you're not. You're right. <laughs> or your, or that tweet you made. You're no. That was not, well, maybe some people might be remembered uh, by a tweet. <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're, you know, it's, it's the people that you're touching. That's how you're going to be remembered. So you got to keep that in your time, you have to make time available for that. Absolutely. I have one more question for you, but before I get to that last sure. question, because I don't know what I don't know when it comes to time management as a business owner, is there anything we haven't touched on that you think would be really important to bring up in this episode? Um, I just, I think we've touched on it, but talking the productivity and how it encompasses all of everybody's life all the time. And understanding that so that we can help people be more productive, even with their children, with their homes and everything in their workspace. I think it's very important. And then I would talk a little bit about technology, like identifying technology. It can be a tool, but it can also be um, a time suck and using timing yourself on technology can be very um, eye-opening. So you can say, I'm going to spend 15 minutes and I'm setting a timer and let's, and let's do email for 30 minutes. So timers can be very helpful in time management. Gotcha. So really just yeah. being strategic about where that time is going as in timing yourself. And yes. a, I know people who use those apps that will tell you how long you are on your phone. And sometimes it's, it's scary. I know like, most people use it for a day and they're like, shut this thing down. Yeah, like, uh, if I made that, if I made my hourly, but you know, I, with the amount of time I spend on my phone, like that's, yeah, that's eye opening. So I know. <laughs> it is. Okay. So at the end of every episode, I ask my guests to leave our listeners with two sticky notes that they can put in their office and say, okay, Amy said, if I do this and this, my business will be different this week, this month or my, my business will, will have a change. What two sticky notes can you leave our listeners with? I, I'm going to say time blocking is probably the number one, you know, setting, being strategic with your time and uh, making sure that, you know, it, it starts small. Just pick one portion of the week that you want to set aside for something specific and build on that. Oh, so good. How about number two? 
Um, number two would be knowing your priorities and aligning your yeses and your noes with your priorities. And know that people, with, if you say no, people are going to move on and ask someone else. The world does not come to an end if you say no. And people will still like you if you say no. And they'll actually have a little bit more respect for you because they'll be like, oh, look at that. She said no, and we're moving on. She's not the yes person. Everybody knows the yes person, right? Mm -hmm. So, but just, um, so you're going to get a lot of respect and the world doesn't end and people still like you if you say no. I love that. It's good to know because okay. we all like to be liked. If we're yes, we nice. do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where so can sure. our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? I am on LinkedIn, Amy Tokas. I'm on Twitter, Organizing by Amy, or my company is Freshly Organized. And website is freshlyorganized.com. Awesome. Well, I think you um, definitely made an impact on our listeners day to day with this episode. And I think this is one of those episodes you can come back to because there's so many good little nuggets of, of tips and good. tricks that are easy to forget. It's the basics, but man, they make a difference when you come back and you really hash out and focus. Yes. On them, I think the right? basics are so important. That's very true. Good. Well Absolutely. said. <laughs> so you know, what can you do today, this week to make a change in your business for the better? Maybe, maybe you need to time block yourself. Are you inspired to, to really think about that yes or no answer the next time someone calls you on the phone or sends you an email? I know that for me, I know about time blocking, but it's something that I need to keep practicing. It's not an overnight success for me and that's okay. I just then the next day I start over again and, and keep practicing. So I'm Sarah Karakane. That wraps up this episode of Standout. Thank you for being here with me and for learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share, share, share with your colleagues, your team members, whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you in our next episode. So I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning. Bye.